This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Hey, look, Jessica's back. I'm back. There's two voices There's now. Two vo- it's so much better now. So- and before we start, we have so many people oh, we yeah, want to yeah, yeah. give yes, 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 yes. Uh, thank yous to. So I want a quick shout out to some of our uh, latest Patreon donors. Mary M, Mary C, Michael C, John M, Daniel B, David R, Nature Nut, Austin E, Dan M, Miles D, and Homeschooled Nerd. Thank you for your support. Miles Davis is a Bingo. listener and a patron? Yes. Ugh, we Mr. Get him from Davis. all over. I am honored. What's up? How was your trip? Oh, it was so good. I'm very happy to be back, but it was really, 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 really great. Um, we So if you haven't been around, I, my husband and I and our dog took a 10-day road trip around, mostly in Colorado. So we took the dog rafting on the Colorado River. It was, I mean, rafting is generous. We floated on a thing with beer and she was great. She's never fucking seen a boat before in her life and she was great. But anyway, also we went to, uh, we had a meetup with um, some local uh, listeners. Uh, Jasmine, thank you so much again for helping me uh, set that up. Um, and yeah, no, it was great. I went horseback riding. I rode this like fucking unit. It was a big Percheron. Do you know, you don't know what that is? No. Imagine the biggest horse you can think of and it's black. And looks it looks like, like a horse. Yeah, but like a, a, a husky boy horse. Okay. Like think of, you know, Clydesdales? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do the Budweiser horses. Okay. Anyway, he was, they were like, hey, here's this horse. He doesn't know how to neck rein, so have fun with that. <laughs> anyway, horseback riders will think that's funny. But no, it was super, super great. Um, we went through South Dakota on the way back, went to the Badlands. Um, I don't know. It was very good. We talked about moving there constantly. And then when we got into <laughs> Denver, uh, we couldn't breathe or see anything because of the ash. And we're like, oh, yeah. So the Midwest does have some qualities. I would have loved to see the Rockies. Um, I bet they're gorgeous. But no, I could not quite see them whilst I was there. But it was great. I got to see like genuinely 5,000 of our friends all moved to the greater Denver area in the last five years. So it was a bunch of people. I was going to say you look tan, but you do not. I do. I mean, for me, yes. I, I got a lot of sun. I, I mean, feel- I can see you. So anything past <laughs> transparent counts. Wait till you see my legs. It's nothing. It's all in my <laughs> arms. But I, I kind of felt bad at the meetup. It was obviously everybody who came, um, who I got to meet and hang out with. Um, and oh, by the way, there's somebody, um, a young woman who works in graphic design who is sitting with us and she said she's gonna be in the Chicago meetup. I cannot remember her name. My husband can't remember your name. Can you just like DM me so I know your name? But I felt bad because one of my best friends from college was there and I haven't seen her since college. So I was like, hey, everybody who generously came here to see me, I'm just going to yell with my friend for 25 (laughs) minutes. You can pet my dog, I guess. Anyway, it was great. It was a great trip. I listened to last week's episode. Thank you. It was good. I thought it was very good. I will take that feedback. Yeah, I was kind of mad because I was like, all right, hey, because all the comments are always like, lose the girl, ditch Jessica. <laughs> it was better before Jessica was on, which hell of a time never existed. I leave so many comments on our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was like fully ready to be like, see haters, it fucking sucks without me. I'm like, oh no, it was like a really tight show. You got through a lot more news shit. Like it was very, you're a very compelling speaker. I get shit done. <laughs> it was good. Um, we uh, are, uh, speaking of the meetup, yeah. if you are in Chicago, we are doing a meetup on Saturday, August 28th. It's at five o'clock Chicago yeah. time at a place called, I don't It's know. called Fat Cat. It's in Uptown. 
Um, if you really like Ethiopian food, Damara's right across the street from it. It's the fucking best. It's by like the Lauren stop. Um, it's my favorite bar. I'm very excited to see everybody, especially since I just had a, a pretty fun meetup in, in Colorado. Sweet. Hope to see you there. All right. Let's talk about Pat Robertson. Uh, because How old is this Pat Robertson That gentleman? is a great question that involves everything I'm about to talk about. Oh, really? About. Because I was just thinking, like, how long do we have to keep listening? Is he going to retire soon? Well, no. He wants to no. spend time with his definitely a gigantic family if he's catholic yes. okay he's not catholic i mean not catholic but he does have a ginormous family oh, who's the catholic one uh all of the pope the pope no. is who you're thinking of who did you say i said pat robertson pat robertson i'm thinking of i have no idea who you're thinking of the catholic one yeah sure so anyway while you were finding that out so pat robertson is 91 years old he looks at talks he's 91 he's 91 i that is a fair reaction because he comes across as a guy who's yeah just old, but seems mentally the same as always sure. and says the same like crazy shit as always, but like not crazier because he's older. He sounds the same as he's always sounded, yeah. but he's 91. And someone wrote in to the 700 Club to basically ask, like, how do you do it? You look so energetic. You even seem more energetic now in the summer than you did last year. What's your secret, I want to be really clear. We did not plan this. I did not make that comment about how much longer do I have to hear from this man about how old he was. <laughs> I did not know what story we it's, were doing. If I say his name, I think that's a natural first like, question. Oh, are we not done with this so one yet? They asked him, you know, how do you do it? And his, I thought his answer would be, like, something involving prayer and... Mm. Eh, Maybe some weird prescription drug that I've never, oh, like, that he's selling on his sites. I oh, don't know. that's good. I would think, like, prayer and, like, quote-unquote clean living. And, yeah, like, right? just being really judgmental about everybody, about everything. And his answer did involve, like, I feel the spirit of God. It's mm-hmm. the Lord's spirit. Fine, fine, fine. Um, and then he added this. Speaking of God. I think he's going to give me another 29 years. 29 years, you said? Yes. That's to live what, in 120. Uh-huh. That's what I'm planning on. Moses hit 120. I thought I could be that way. Pat Robertson says he's going to live to 120. Well, Moses did it. And Moses, Moses had to build it. a whole boat that had to cut off some of his lifespan. He could have been 104. No, Moses. God damn it. Go on vacation for one day. <laughs> One week. No, but uh, I did hear people commenting, saying, like, didn't all these people in the Bible live to, like, 900, though? And it's like, start again? I'm doing bad. No, no. They did, like, there were people in the Bible who lived hundreds and hundreds of years old. But, yes, but after, like, Noah, like, the limit became kind of 120 and much lower. So... Pat Robertson's going to live to 120, which proves, as they say, only the good die young. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also, like, I, I've been watching the 700 Club forever yeah, 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 for yeah. content. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to get old to the point where I'm like, if Pat Robertson said today, you know what, I'm tired, I'm going to retire, yeah, I would yeah. genuinely be shocked. Because yeah. every day he's like, yeah, he's just doing his thing as always. He doesn't seem to get I mean, worse. With- I could. I could do this for the rest of my life. Sit for one hour a week, make up. Wait, one hour? <laughs> does he? How many shows? Does he do one show a week? He, no, yeah. Or is he one of those five shows a week? Four guys? shows a week. Fifth day uh, on Friday, his son takes over. Okay. And then sometimes he goes on vacation, could, but he's always back. He's I mean, always doing his thing. I could do this job well in my nineties, well into my nineties, and I would argue that like there's I have no a very, way podcasts are going to be around. No, I would argue what I do is very similar to what he does because this I just sit here will last and four more weeks and then it's done for everybody. Except. <laughs> 
have Joe Rogan who will find a way to like <laughs> to monetize, switch, yeah. monetize our personal pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. that's how it works. Shut so, up. Pat Robertson. 120. We will all be around. Some of us won't be. Pat Robertson will. The sun will burn up. Pat Robertson will still be around forever. He's never ever going away. Oh boy. I know that's not even the biggest like news, but outlived cable. (laughs) It's pretty impressive. Yeah, right. Being honest, my favorite story involving that's the gunman's name. He played Moses. Oh yeah. Um, my favorite story involving uh, the Pat Robertson thing is whatever uh, I'm going to get the details wrong because I'm totally doing this. From Welcome memory. to my world, my right. friend. But uh, whatever channel he owned, whatever Christian channel he owned was like bought out by uh, Disney because they wanted to get another station to put their youth family programming. Mm-hmm. And basically the easiest way to do that is you take over an existing channel. Right. Right. So they took over his and whatever the contract was, it said you can have the channel. But for one hour a day, you have to like play the 700 Club or whatever. And they did. They did they do it? Yeah, they did it forever ago. So I like maybe Disney oh, Family or sure. whatever teen Disney thing. It's like it's free form now, I think. And it's like that channel which has random shows for kids and the, and the 700 Club. What is 700 I'm gonna get, Club? Okay, don't again? quote me on that. The details are probably wrong, but the gist of it is right. That's weird. Yeah. But it's like, I'm kind of like, damn, that's that's a good way to deal with that, isn't it? The thing about being rich is you can get so much more creative with the things you expect (laughs) of other people. Like for me, I'm not rich. And so all I expect from people is like they show up reasonably on time and are awful to me. But if I was like a rich person, I could be like. You have to pluck three perfect tulips before you see me every time you want to see me. That's who I am now. That's how it works. Take it or leave it. I have all the money. I'll buy you dinner. So if you want to give to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely... I am like $2 million away from going going full evil. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Like, I'll buy, I'll buy myself a fucking tower. I don't care. <laughs> Let's talk about this school in Tennessee. There is a place called Valor Collegiate Academy. It's okay. a charter school, not a private Christian school, mm-hmm. but a charter school uh, operated by the public school system or overseen by them in Nashville, Tennessee. And the first day of school was this past week. And they purposely, I mean, they invited everyone in, but they have a mask mandate. Sure as many public schools do, certainly in Tennessee. And uh, one couple said, and the reason they have the mask mandate is they said the Metro Nashville Board of Education, Mm -hmm. uh, they're following CDC guidelines and they're under those rules. Simple, like you don't even have to take the blame. Just say, sorry, the school board made us do it. (laughs) Fine. Um, There's one couple, Neil and Melissa Amrine, I think, And they were mad about this because their son is entering the school and he was not wearing a mask. And Mm. the school said, sorry, kid, you can't come in today. Go home, which is the right thing for the school to do. They sent him home. They didn't give him a medical mask? Uh, I don't know what their rule is, but whatever the reason, he said, I'm not wearing a mask. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But uh, he wasn't going to wear it. And the family said, well, you have to let him in because we are calling for a religious exemption. And here's exactly what they said. Yeah. Uh, Neil, the dad, says in years past, the school made exceptions for students who wore certain attire in line with their religious beliefs. And I'll stop right there. He's saying a Jewish kid wearing a yarmulke. What the fuck are they talking about? Jesus 
fucking The daddy Christ. is saying, well, you let the kid with the yarmulke get away with wearing his religious stuff, <laughs> and we are making a religious request to not wear a mask. It's the same type of thing. I love We're in that. the middle of a pandemic. I love that. <laughs> And then the dad goes on. He says, this should be no different. He said, he and his wife feel their children should not have to wear something they believe would restrict them in any way. And he said, (laughs) our God is not Fauci. It is Jesus. And we should have the right to be defended and supported in the same way. I think humanity was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. They think if you wear a mask... You can't be seen in the image of God because we can't see your damn face. Didn't, don't women in religion often cover their faces for various reasons? Yes. And or what happens when it's cold out and you put a scarf over your face? Is, yes. Je- is Jesus like, oh God, I lost heaven again. That's exactly <laughs> what Jesus says. It's like Clark Kent, he takes off the glasses and they're like, where'd Clark Kent go? <laughs> Yeah. I love that for them, religious freedom is I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And so next up, Jessica's religion is going to be no tops. And I'm just going to (laughs) walk out with my tits out and and I'm just going to flick everybody off and be like, this is my religion. You cannot legally tell me to do anything I don't want to do because it's my religion. That is that is their argument here, which is they there is no outer world in which the pandemic exists. No, no, no. So they're just like, well, we said it's our religion. Mind you, there's you can't point to the Bible to justify this. Plenty of Christians will say, no, shut up. This isn't a religious thing. If you're not worried, like, don't pin <laughs> this on Jesus. Don't make him look bad because yeah. you don't want to wear a mask. Right. And also, like, listen, kids better than adults can wear a mask. If that's the... Thing you got to do in order to not go on a computer from home and do virtual schooling. They will wear a damn mask. My kids are three. They're in daycare. They can wear a mask. It's just a thing they do. And at some point, they're going to grow up and realize, oh, that was a weird thing we did. But too bad. You got to do it. They're used to it. I was the the kid with the weird parents. Oh, that's (laughs) such a sad moment when you're an adult. You're like, oh, no, we were the weird family on our street. (laughs) Yeah. So... I mean, good on the school for sticking to their guns, but these parents are like going to the news thinking they're the victims. And again, when you take people like that and you quote them verbatim, they don't realize they're the ones making themselves look like idiots. It's always the thing when it's like, why would you talk to The Daily Show doing a segment? It's like because they genuinely think they're they're right right. and smart and everything. And that's what these parents are like. And it's glorious. Just just really quick insert. My dog is eating her food and picking out her heartworm medication like a fucking asshole. Do you see that little pile of pills on next to her bowl? Yes. I hate this dog. (laughs) How does she even know? It's all brown crap. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) You're not going to like this story. Oh, thanks. I think we talked about this guy... um, a couple of weeks ago. His name is Brian Pounds. Do you remember us talking about him? No, it sounds like I had a lot of jokes about his name, yeah, though. Yeah, you, you did. I think you did. <laughs> Were I don't they about remember. British currency or sex? Sex. Okay. So, Brian Pounds <laughs> is, uh, he was the lead pastor of the First Assembly of God in Vernon, Texas. Uh-huh. And a couple of weeks ago, he was arrested and the charges, and I'm quoting here, sexual assault of a child and delivery of a controlled substance to a minor. Zoinks. Basically, they caught him in a hotel room with the child, and there was meth. Meth, you yep. say? Yep. How old is this child? Uh, Please underage. tell me. 17 underage. and 364 years old, it was, and not a small child. I would have remembered that one. Uh-huh. It was not that one. No, here's the story. This He had uh, 
there was a 15 year old girl at his church. He had gotten her a job somewhere and he counseled her family. Basically he knew this family well to the point where it's like, I can get you a summer job or something. And through that connection, he ended up meeting her privately multiple times to rape her. Uh, apparently one of those times he also placed his hands on her neck and choked her. I don't know if that was a sexual thing for him or what, but she said he's choking me in the affidavit. He also gave her meth. So this guy got arrested a couple weeks ago. I believe we talked about this when it happened, but he's in jail right now awaiting the trial. Awaiting I must have the blacked that out because that does not sound familiar. That's a, maybe we didn't. Yeah. I could be wrong. But that is what happened. So he's in jail right now. So get this. This is why I'm talking about this this week. Hmm. This guy is on the phone from jail to his wife, which is not a weird thing. You can have your phone call. Mm-hmm. While he is talking, he says... Oh, man, if there are these other charges against that other girl, no. I'm a dead man. Jesus and his, Christ, And guys. his wife says, I know. <laughs> oh, no! And the law enforcement officials are clearly listening to this call, and they're like, uh, another girl? And then the guy, like, they figure out her name. I don't know if he said it and just, like, blurted it out. Like, I don't know if he's like, oh, no, if we find, if they find Jessica, we're, I'm in big trouble now. And these police are like, Jessica. So they basically find this woman oh my God. who is now, uh, how old is she, 23 or something? Okay. Uh, something like that. Yeah, she's 23 now. They found her, and they basically went to her and said, listen, you must be familiar with this guy. Okay. And of course, all these bad memories come back to her because she has not gone public with this story before. Mm-hmm. But they're basically like, we need you to talk to us. And she does. And according to this woman, she said when she was 15, this guy assaulted her. Uh, I'm going to read from a news article. Sorry, trigger warning here forward about 30 seconds if you need to. She described being groped by him during Murder in the Dark, a game where children hid in the church with the lights turned no. off. In, her, in the first sexual assault, the woman told Pounds, uh, said Pounds called her to the church for a youth group activity, but she was the only kid there. Pounds told her to wait in the office until others arrived, then locked the door and forced her to engage in sex acts. These incidents continued for two years. And wait, dot, dot, dot. One time, according to the affidavit, uh, Pounds held a revolver to his head in his office and threatened to kill her and him if she told anyone. That is what this poor woman, who's now 23, told cops because this guy blurted out that, oh no, they're going to find out about her too. And now, by the way, he now faces three additional charges of sexual assault of a child. I was really worried it would be out of the, um, what's the thing when you can't charge anymore? Double jeopardy or or like uh, statute of limitations or something. It's not that long ago. So it's like, okay. I always thought like sexual assault charges were like four months and the statute of limitation expires. Um, By the way, remember this guy, uh, for those who, if we talked about him before, this is a guy who as recently as last year, there was a YouTube channel under him. Mm -hmm where he's posting videos, and one of them is from a class he was in for Liberty University online, where he talks about how he's uh, a graduate of Liberty. Uh, they have four kids, the oldest of whom is his 15. His name's Liberty. Is oh. 15. <gasps> oh, the no. same age as his victims no, 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 were. No, no, no. 
Um, I don't say this about Liberty University. They know their brand, you know? It's important. Um, The church removed him from their website, and they shut down a lot of their social media. But as far as I could tell, and I did look for this, there is, like, no mention. They want to... I get the, we want to shut down social media, Mm -hmm. but there is no uh, placeholder that says, listen, we did not know this. None of this is all news to us. Everything's just 404 broken links. Yeah. (laughs) All the way down the line. They Uh, just want to pretend this guy didn't exist. It is uh, hmm. disturbing. That is uh, troubling. And he has a 15 year old daughter. Yeah. What a fucking monster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, an eight year old boy in Pakistan this week. Was charged with blasphemy. Uh, was it this um, week? It's in the news this week. It happened recently. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. An what, eight-year-old. Eight-year-old. What did he do? Apparently, he's a Hindu boy uh-huh. in Pakistan, in uh-huh. the minority. Uh-huh. But apparently, according to an article about this uh, story, he apparently was inside a madrasa, a library, a school of sorts, and he peed on the carpet, whether it was unintentionally or intentionally. Mm-hmm. But, obvi- but peeing on a carpet in a Muslim library is near holy books. Uh And basically they charge this kid with blasphemy, which if you've connected the dots already, (laughs) that is a penalty in Pakistan, which could lead to the death penalty. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Obviously tons of people are like, come on, we can't do that. Right. Um, The boy's family, they're currently, I should say the police for his safety took custody of him and are, keeping him in some unidentified location. Who levies that charge? Is it from the government or is it from the church? Um, I, I should say Prime Minister Imran Khan, who has plenty of problems, okay. he did not call for the abolishment of the blasphemy laws. Sure, but here's one thing to point out. I don't remember what he said about the boy himself, but after that happened, mm-hmm. um, Muslim extremists retaliated by vandalizing a Hindu temple. And Imran oh Khan condemned God. condemned the vandalism and told the Hindus that he would help restore their temple with the government. But that's a far cry from, hey, well, what about this eight-year-old kid who was An charged with blasphemy? His pants is going to start a civil war in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are Hindus who are now currently being targeted in Pakistan, which is a consequence when one member of a minority Christ. party gets in trouble for something. You everyone's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kid. He's being held in police custody for protection reasons. I have no reason to doubt that. But also, what the hell? Why do you have a blasphemy law? I mean, this is a logical consequence of their stupid law. Well, I mean, doesn't this feel like like five years ago, this was an example we would use for like slippery slope arguments of like, yeah. oh, you keep these laws in the books? What are you going to charge an eight-year-old with blasphemy <laughs> and put him to death? Like, and the- they charge atheist bloggers or even bloggers mm-hmm. who are perceived as atheists or mm-hmm. even people who said something that was perceived as a slight against Islam. I mean, mm-hmm. all of this has happened right in in that area and again there is a solution stop making blasphemy a crime and change that culture in that specific capacity that's not something that happens overnight but again unless more people are speaking out locally against this and i'm talking like islamic leaders Mm -hmm. who are like we don't care what the kid did he's a kid right that is not the same for that's even i don't want to even defend blasphemy but saying this kid doesn't know what he's doing. No. He's a kid. Stop well, it. Well, what's interesting about this, one of many things that's interesting about this story is most country, oh, I shouldn't say, a lot of countries have a 
an age that like if you are younger than this you can't be charged with any crime because we've decided you are not capable of of doing something on purpose that would constitute a crime so in and it's different from state to state some places it's like really young it's like 11 or 12 but like most places it's a little bit older i think especially in europe so i'm curious at really some cu- point you got to reach like some age of reason whatever that is right but i mean like Eight ain't it. <laughs> like, yeah, right but, right. but so I'm really interested to know, like, when we say he's been charged with gra- with blasphemy, like, charged by the local mosque? So this is where or- it gets, yeah, it's a good question. And this is one of the things I've been, I try to do, and it's really hard when it's in another country where the laws are looser and stuff. Like, you can't just grab a copy of the a warrant. Right, right. You can't just find the affidavit. It's not ever that simple. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know all the details. I'm relying off of whatever the best, yeah, most reliable the, newspapers I can find about it is. But sometimes even those papers are relying on not necessarily firsthand information. So it's hard to figure out every detail. And like, who's really upset about this that they tattled on him? Right. That they got this kid in trouble. Sure. That someone... A uh, prosecutor is going after this. Like, who's yeah, doing all that? Yeah, there's a chain that? of people who made a lot of bad mm-hmm. decisions. And Christ. and I don't know all those answers. Maybe they exist and I didn't find them. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just insane. And unless more people speak out against it, which is a scary thing to do on its own, but it's not going to change unless they do it. Right. Oh, all right, boy. let's go to some slightly better news for a second. Um, this is from Religion News Service, uh, from their journalist, Yonat Shimron. Um Basically, she highlighted a couple of surveys that have come out recently and tried to draw a conclusion from them. And here's what one of the surveys says. This is from the Public Religion Research Institute. The percentage of white evangelicals has gone from 23% of the country in 2006 Uh to 14.5% today. So roughly a 10-point drop, Uh uh, almost. That's a huge, huge drop in white evangelicals. Which... I would argue is good for our culture and world. I don't disagree. Yeah. So (laughs) that's been happening since 2006. There's this trend downward of white evangelicals. Mm -hmm. Then she points to another uh, survey, uh, also from PRRI, which says, which covers same-sex marriage. And that survey found that if you look at white evangelicals who are 50 or older, Mm -hmm. about a third of them, 34%, are fine with same-sex marriage. Only a third mm-hmm. of people 50 and older who are white evangelical. But if you look at younger white evangelicals, and by young, that we will define that as under 50, it's not a third. It's 51%. It's a majority. I was so afraid that number was going to go down. No, like, <laughs> even white evangelicals, the yeah. point is, uh-huh. like, even they're like, same-sex marriage, like, really? Is that our... Con- We're fine with it. Right. We, we, they know gay Christians. Of course. And they like marriage as an institution. Right. And they're like, why, why are we having a problem with gay marriage? We don't believe the fundamentalist conservative Christian thinking right. that homosexuality is a sin or acting on that yeah. is a problem. They're not the Catholic church. Right. This is a, depending on the church you go to, it could go either way. Right. Well, and, and also, go. we're five years out from, you know, the marriage legalization from the Supreme Court, and, like, it's not new anymore. It's yeah. not novel. And it's the just sky sort of did a... not fall, contrary to what a bunch of older yeah. white evangelicals said would happen. And so this is the point she's trying to make here, saying, if you look at those surveys, which show the trends going in these directions, mm-hmm. and anecdotally you talk to white evangelicals, younger ones, who are like, 
I don't go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. Or they're still Christian. They're, mm-hmm. They still believe all the tenets of evangelical Christianity. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yeah, I don't go to this church or that church. And it's like, why? What was the tipping point for you? And it was that issue. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the point she was making in her article, which is that it's the bigotry against same-sex marriage Mm -hmm. and LGBTQ people in general, that may have been the biggest reason a lot of these white evangelicals, younger ones especially, are no longer uh, calling. They're not proud of that label. They may be Christian. They may be believers. Mm -hmm. They may be nuns. Mm -hmm. But they believe in Christ and everything, but they don't like the evangelical label. And the reason is they just don't want to be associated with the bigots, which... Because when we think of evangelical Christians, that's what we think of. We think of the pro... It's like right at this point, it's synonymous with pro-Trump voters, which is synonymous mm-hmm. with horribly racist. Like, yeah. I don't know, I- I've man. said this before, but like when it comes to same-sex marriage, it's probably the easiest moral question of our generation, oh, of our yeah. time. And white evangelicals and the Catholic Church and plenty of other religious institutions just butchered it. Well, and it's Because it's not only the easiest, but it's also like... It's going to affect you, you signing it the least. Like (laughs) if you are a person who's anti-gay, you're not going to all of a sudden get invited to a bunch of gay weddings or like have (laughs) to go to pride. Like you will not notice a difference. I guarantee you. And if these religious institutions that say, if you, if you want to be a good person, you got to accept what we're selling you Mm -hmm. here. And for them to screw up the easy questions, it's like, why should I trust you on the actual difficult ones? Now here's, A question I had about all this. Okay, I like that those young white evangelicals may have left the church Uh uh, driven by that bigotry. Mm -hmm. So then my question is, what the hell kept them in those churches for that long? Because if that's the reason you were pushed out, Mm -hmm. and it was a relatively recent thing, or maybe one of many things, but kind of at the top of the list... Where were you when the white evangelical churches were saying and doing all these other things? Because if you're asking, like, what are they bad on? There's no shortage of reasons. They were bad about so many things for so long. I mean, pick your poison here. Mm -hmm. They were wrong about abortion rights. They've been wrong about sex education. They are science deniers, by and large. Like they're so they uh, like we said, it's not that they're overtly racist, but racism is baked into a lot of what they do. Mm -hmm. It's like none of that stuff bothered you enough to leave. But I'm glad you figured it out when it comes to big. I'm not mad at them. Like, I'm glad you left. But it's also I kind of want that answer from all these people. It's like, okay, you left. How come the rest of that stuff didn't bother you that much? Hmm? I mean, God, you have to think in the last few years, like since I don't know, 2015 or so when sort of the 2016 election was wrapping up. And even before that, like it, it, it's over the last five years, the right and religion has gotten, I don't know. I was going to say it's gotten much more radical, but maybe we've just seen more of the radicalization. It's all of a sudden on Facebook everywhere. Yeah. It's hard to escape. We're learning more about what's going on behind the scenes of churches and not liking that. Maybe they're just, making the best decisions they have with the information they have, right? I I do feel the same sort of cynicism where I'm like, I'm glad you made the right decision, but where the fuck were you all these years? Every time all those Republican, the never-Trumpers are like, you know, I was for the Republican Party, but then Donald Trump came along. It's like, dude, it wasn't a good party before Trump either. What the hell took you so long? 
I'm cynical. You're a pessimist. <laughs> you believe in nothing and no one. Like, who are these idiots who are like, I mean, George W. Bush was fantastic, and I was all for Mitt Romney, but, you know, oh, Trump, he he stained our party. Yeah, like, you, you know did who not- says that? John fucking Blumke. I interviewed him. Listen to it. Jesus, we've done the research, Emmett. We knew what happened. I know. It's like, I'm glad you left. I'm glad you have... Figure it out. Your party is, you know, like I watch way too much MSNBC, obviously. Obviously. Like when you see like Michael Steele there saying like uh, Trump is crazy. And it's like, I like what you're saying. I like that you're calling out the GOP's bullshit. But also you ran this thing when George W. Bush was around or not when Bush was around. When Obama was in office, you ran the party. Yeah. Like, come on, you weren't better. Yeah, Michael Steele's a real conundrum of a guy, huh? (laughs) But it's all of them. It like, is all of them. And look, I'm saying this I as an Michael atheist. Steele There's plenty like of problems. More affable than the rest of them. <laughs> I we've we've spoken to some conservatives on the podcast when we used to do more interviews, mm-hmm. and it's like they're fun to talk to. I can totally enjoy talking to some of those never Trumpers too. That guy from the Blaze was so fun, right? And he's <laughs> he has such bad opinions about oh, everything. God, he's an idiot, but he's so fun <laughs> and genial. Yeah, but it's like, oh, how how is this the tipping point for you when we've been railing on all this stuff for so long? But Hammett lower taxes. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's you were fine with it until that happened. And uh, uh, I listen. The cynical side is they they went too far. They started getting unpopular, and now everybody's backpedaling to figure out okay, how racist can we be until you guys get <laughs> mad at us this time? Yes. Okay. Um, let me bring up. This is another story that takes place in another country. So all the f- the don't quote me on this because. I only see this from, like, secondhand sites. Okay. Okay, so it's hard to verify this stuff. But here's the story as I've seen it reported through some networks. Like, I... Okay. The story <laughs> is that according to Russian news outlets... Oh, Jesus. Okay. A woman there, an Orthodox Christian, I'm not going to try to say her name, it's very long, she is suing McDonald's mm-hmm. because they're so damn tasty that she was trying to fast during Lent. (laughs) And then she's like, I gotta have some fries. (laughs) And so she did. (laughs) And now she's suing... Oh, I'm sorry. She saw an ad featuring cheeseburgers and chicken nuggets. And she got hungry. I've been there, my friend. And she ate them. Sometimes you're a little stoned, you get the munchies. I could fuck up some McDee's. Apparently her statement said, when I saw an advertising banner, I could not help myself. I visited (laughs) McDonald's and bought a cheeseburger. (laughs) And now she's accusing McDonald's of breaking consumer protection law. What law? And insulting her religious feelings. What law did they break? And she is suing McDonald's for 14 American dollars, or that equivalent in Russian, as compensation for the moral damage they have caused. Sounds like she just wants to return that cheeseburger. (laughs) Which, by the way, like I said, I didn't see the... The charging documents. I didn't see the the lawsuit. Are you sure she you filed. didn't fall for satire? I I tried to look because I the hard times was, net. Yeah, I thought it was uh-huh. at first, and like no, I, I feel like the Guardian reported it. Like oh, okay. it's coming from sources that I generally feel are reliable. But also, part of me thinks McDonald's put her up to this. That's such a good advertising campaign if they did. Like, we're that's, so good, you will risk eternal hellfire for us. No, that's a terrible... It would be such a good marketing campaign. I'm a marketing campaign. professional. That's a terrible campaign. I would like it, though. 
right. Here's a. All right. This story is from Florida. Uh, Impact Church is a predominantly black church, Christian church in Florida. Florida is really bad at many, many things. Sure. Um, but there is the pastor of the church, a senior pastor, George Davis, who is basically trying to sound the alarm to other Christians, like get vaccinated, wear oh, your masks. And the reason he's really good about this today is because this particular church, over the course of 10 days, lost six members to COVID. Fuck, like died? Yes. Jeez. Four of them were under 35. Oh, None no. of them were vaccinated. Well. Another 20 members of his church are in the hospital. Another 10 are at home dealing with symptoms of COVID. And at least another five have tested positive, even if they're asymptomatic. How big is this church? That it's sounds a, it's like a big all church. of them. I mean, yeah, it's a big <laughs> church. And so this guy is, set, is going public with that information wow. in the hopes that he's saying, like, this happened to us, like... Please get vaccinated. I should say, it, at his church, like they they had a vaccination clinic mm-hmm. outside their church recently, which is which is all very good. Um, I should say, here's his. My first question is, the hell were you doing? Why were you even in church? Mm-hmm. Like, is that where these people? Was it a super spreader event at your church? How did they catch all this? And here's how he said it: During church services, this pastor said, "We require masks." The church is thoroughly, the auditorium is thoroughly cleaned between services. We practice social distancing and offer hand sanitizers. That was him saying, look, we've taken precautions and this Mm. still happened to us. And still part of me is like, why are you back when you don't have to be? Like you could be, Uh, you could give sermons over Facebook. You Mm -hmm. could record it, put it on YouTube. But no, you said, and by the way, he said, we require masks. Okay, fine. I'll take your word on that. Um, we practice social distancing. I don't buy that. No. Because you're, have you been to church? Like, yeah. there's no way. It's the same at school. You could say we're social distancing, but you can't. Right. Everyone's going to want to hang out with each other and talk right. to each other. Right. And hand sanitizer is, okay, fine. fine. Bare minimum a year ago. Like. Yeah, okay. Am I wrong? But I, why does everybody still wipe everything down? I thought we decided that COVID couldn't be. Yeah, it's like they don't realize it's a respiratory illness that is spread that way, and you can't cleanse people's throats like yeah, that. So cleaning still, the seat is nice, yeah, but it's not the it's not the main thing that's the problem. So like Target will like wipe down the register for like self checkout between everybody, <laughs> and every time I'm like, did I miss something? I thought we all figured out like yes, washing your hands is good, but like you're not going to pick it up from surfaces. A totally unrelated story, which is that. Uh, my son, who's three, got yeah. sick, cough. And then I got the cough, and it spread. I'm like, I haven't had a cough for over a year because uh-huh. we haven't seen in people. Right. We haven't gone out much. But it's like, all right, you know what? If they want to go overboard with mm-hmm. the cleansing, mm-hmm. I do not care. It's, sure. If it's security theater, I don't care. Right, that's, right. That's, that's fine. In Florida, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah. Pretend you are cleaning. Just yeah. give that impression because yeah. maybe people will take the hint. But also, like, how did all these people get COVID? A lot of them had to be unvaccinated for this many people to get affected. I mean, it's and a- this is the question I want to ask this pastor because he's doing the right stuff now. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to ask him, like, you had to know that a bunch of your congregation members were not vaccinated. What were you saying and doing to yeah. get them vaccinated? And wh- I mean, I almost want to. This is not a joke. It feels like a joke. What does the body count have to be? 
for these Republican governors or some of these pastors to take COVID seriously. 616,000 today is not enough. Apparently. So it's like, how many, did you have to have six members of your church die before you came to your senses about this? Because this is not a new problem. Yeah. I'm I, glad you did. Right. Same as the Republicans from the last story. Right. It's like, I'm glad you came to your senses. What the hell took so long? Unfortunately, I think it is going to take a rash of children dying before anybody does no, anything. No, it won't. I, I like that sentiment. No one oh, cares no, about Sandy kids. Hook. Sandy Hook. They don't care about children either. Yeah. Um, and like this guy could easily say, you know what? At my church, since we run it and no one gets to tell us how to run it, mm-hmm. you're not entering the building until we've seen your vaccination card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would it piss off a lot of conservatives in your church? Yeah, probably. Who cares? Yeah. Like, you could totally make up your own rules here and say, don't come unless you're vaccinated. Show me your card. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, don't come. We're just not going to have service in Florida yeah. right now because it's a bad state to do this right. in-person gathering. Um, I mean, again, I'm glad he's doing the minimum. Now, he could have been doing it a lot sooner. Doesn't mean I'm, like, mad at him for doing it. But yeah, it, I'm, it's hard. He's sounding the alarm. Listen, Hemet, there's a most. lot of anger to go around. Don't worry. Ugh. You're not wasting any on this gentleman. There's plenty to be had. Let's talk about Mississippi. Mm. Mississippi. They okay. are not doing well as a state. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prentice County, Mississippi, there's a group of Christians who decided last year, okay. in the midst of the pandemic, oh, God. Uh, let's raise money. Let's do something good with it. They raised, they didn't know how much they were going to raise. They raised $240,000. Jesus Christ. And they used it to help a children's ward in a hospital for people with COVID. Hey. I'm totally making that up. Oh. They did not do that with the money. Guess what they did with the money? They built a statue of Jesus. Close. Oh, how close? Uh, they built a giant cross. That is actually very close. <laughs> Good job, Jessica. To, I don't know how much of that two hundred forty grand went to that cross, but they built a cross. It's 120 feet tall. Ooh, 64 that, feet ooh. wide. Yep. It's legal as far as I can tell. It's a nonprofit group. They raise the money legally. It's on not government property. So fine. But also, like, oh why? God. What is the point? Um, I I don't know. And I have, okay, <laughs> I have so many questions about it's this so cross funny now. when Christians are like, we do so much community service. It's like, <laughs> sir, you maintain a concrete cross. That's not really helping <laughs> my community. Like, somewhere along the line, some of these people raising the money had to think, you know what Mississippi doesn't have enough of? Money. Jesus. Oh. And they're deciding <laughs> to put up a cross with it. That's so like, terrible. I ask this every time I see one of those crosses on a highway somewhere, but it's like, how seriously do you take the faith of someone who is driving down the road, sees a cross, and thinks everything I ever knew was wrong. I mean, if they get one person to do that, it'd all be worth it, you know? That I'm going to scroll down here. Okay. This is from uh, Mike Rosier, who's the businessman who's kind of spearheaded all this. This is his quote to a local paper. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me almost, oh, by the way, this is not cross number one in oh. Mississippi that he's done. It's number seven. And do they all cost 200K? I don't know. Um, not that much, I imagine, because it's hard to raise that type of money. But he said, I've asked people, I've had people ask me on almost every cross, that's a lot of money to spend on a cross just for people to drive by and look at. I tell them, yes, it is. We need to spend that money on other things to further the kingdom of God also. But if one person drives down Highway 45 and looks at this cross and thinks about what Jesus did for him and he has a conversion moment, (laughs) it's worth every penny. 
fuck yes did I call that? Do I know these people or do I know these people yes. I meant? One conversion, $240,000. That is the exchange rate. Pew, pew, pew. Yep. Uh, by the way, the sheriff of Prentice County posted video of the cross going up because that's what sheriffs do. By the way, the sheriff is on the board of the cross committee. Oh, you Why don't not? fucking say. Uh, huh. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm just saying, okay, $240,000 for one conversion. If you want it, okay, obviously we think they could spend that money more effectively by donating it to somewhere useful. Uh-huh. Fine. Even by their terms, imagine taking $240,000 and saying, we're going to find a thousand, uh, not a thousand, let's find 240 desperate people and we'll give them a thousand dollars each if they go to church for a year. Is it coercive and evil? Yes. But will some of them, will some of them by the end of that experience convert and get baptized? I'm guessing more than the number of people who will change their religion by driving past a cross. Well, I mean, think of it this way. Um, You had to pay me many years to be a writer for you in just to try to build a friendship with me so we could eventually (laughs) do that. So all of the money that you paid me as a writer was essentially just you paying me to go to the quote-unquote Church of Hemet for three years. And now look at us. Best friends, possibly. <laughs> You're, why are you laughing? I'm your only friend. I was going to say. <laughs> um, or, or you take the $240,000, you really do donate it to a children's hospital and just say this ward brought to you by Jesus on yeah, the walls. 100%. Like, people would at least be like, well, I, I don't love it, but I'll take it. That's a good thing they did with the money. Like, you could find better uses for this money on their terms with yeah. their goals in mind. I do not get how that guy's a businessman. Yeah, what is his business? Uh, do the crosses make money somehow? No, it's a nonprofit group, and as far as I can tell, they're not charging for admission. It's not an elevator goes what does up the he middle of it. Do for a living? Um, I got nothing. Like, for does me. he draw salary? For- no, I, I did I- look it up. It uh, like the articles just said businessman, and it's like that's so vague. I wonder why you won't tell me. Oh, is it like how I call myself a writer, but it's not like I publish <laughs> anything, but I write things during the day usually. That's why I just don't give a description. What do you do? I play on the internet all day. That's, <laughs> there's stuff involved, but ultimately that's what it I'm your down. mom's worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, I got one more. I saved the okay. best story for last. Best for you. as in I'm going to be mad, or best as in it's going to make uh, me laugh? I lied. There are more stories. But <laughs> best as in you're going to not believe. Uh, okay. This is happening. Okay, is, this involves our favorite angry Christian mom at One Million Moms, which is constituent. Karen. Uh, yeah, it can. It has a membership of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica Cole. She's mad at the Muppets this week. Oh, is she? Why is she mad at the Muppets? Are because the Muppets coming out with something new, or is it? Yeah, I wonder ju- that myself. I'm maybe like, she what? just got HBO Max, and so she's watching old reruns. That is kind of what it boils down to, I think. <laughs> Um, I don't know what channel uh, Disney Junior, so Disney Plus, is airing Muppet Babies, like newer versions of the cartoons. I loved Muppet Babies as a kid. So there are new series uh, with better animation for the Muppet Babies these days. And in a recent episode, I'm going to describe it for you. Here's what happened. Gonzo, the blue dude with Uh the big nose, Uh he was sad that he had to go as a knight. To the ball. They were having a ball. They were all going to have a party. Oh, that's fair. And he's like, I don't want to be a knight. The, the princess dress looks very nice. And the other Muppets baby, the Muppet baby told him, you can't wear a fancy dress, according to the handbook. 
I just Googled the Muppets and a picture of Gonzo. There you go. Hold hold on to that picture. So Gonzo's like, I wish I could wear a dress. There's a rat character on the show who I guess is the fairy rat. Rizzo the rat. I don't know if it was Rizzo or someone else, but the rat father said, all right, I'll give you your wish. You can wear the dress. So Gonzo wears the dress. He looks Fantastic. Fantastic. His name is now Gonzarella. Uh He goes to the ball. No one knows it's Gonzo, which is weird because it's like a random dude putting a fake mustache on and no one knows who it is. He does have some insane lashes happening, but unfortunately that nose is not going to be uh, (laughs) covered. And eventually everyone, uh, Gonzo realizes, you know, trying something different can be fun. Mm -hmm. And then at some point he's like, guys, it's not Gonzarella. It's me, Gonzo. I imagine he's saying that like Mario. Um, and they're all it's a like... It's me, a Gonzo. Yeah, yeah, and Miss Piggy's like, why didn't you just tell us? And Gonzo's like, I want to be me. You all expected me to look a certain way. And Miss Piggy says, it wasn't very nice of us to tell you what to wear to our ball. Aww. That's the episode. So why really is Monica cute. Cole mad at Gonzo? You know why. Because she's never seen one like a hot, some like a hot, and she assumes no man has ever worn a dress <laughs> except for like fucking Bugs Bunny. Here is from her petition. This is outrageous that Disney Junior is normalizing gender dysphoria to young children. At least she knows the term gender dysphoria. Except, yeah. I, I mean, mean, also, to be clear, this is not what that is. Yeah, but, like, like that's it's the not, real word. <laughs> it's bad enough if Gonzo's like, I'm trans and I'm doing this. But that's not even what's happening here. He's just like, but that dress is pretty mm-hmm. and I want to wear it. So he did. Yeah, kids are fucking lunatics. That's not gender dysphoria. On. That's like, that dress is pretty. That's it. Yeah. So Gonzo's a boy. Gonzo wanted to wear a dress. That's not gender dysphoria. Okay. Um, but she's mad about it. And by the way... This is, if you watch, like, the right-wing news outlet OAN, which you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, It's been, like, nonstop uh, for days, this story. This is the only thing going on in the world right now. It's Gonzo wearing a dress. so fun. It's genuinely been pretty fun. Like, say what you will about Joe Biden as president, but he hasn't (laughs) given the right much to yell about. He did wear a tan suit last week. They are grasping at straws. He did wear a tan suit. I noticed that. Um, OAN Chiron at the bottom of the screen said, Muppet Babies promotes trans ideology. That's a real thing that happened. I mean, it doesn't, though. It's not even trans ideology. That's more just like, put on the clothes that you feel comfortable (laughs) in, right? Right. All right. Here's another one that's going to piss you off. Okay. There's a, we've talked about this guy, Jesse Lee Peterson. He is a uh, black conservative Christian radio host, Mm -hmm. uh, YouTube airsist. He's on YouTube. His channel is on YouTube and a bunch of other conservative outlets as well. Um, The reason he was talking about this issue is like this uh, earlier this week, CNN has a new show where one of their anchors, Dana Bash, talks to uh, celebrities, politicians, whatever. She talked to Alexandria Mm Ocasio-Cortez and they were talking about what happened on the day of the insurrection. And one of the things AOC said, I'm going to quote what she said. I think one of the reasons why the impact was doubled for her on that day is because of the misogyny and the racism that is so deeply rooted and animated that attack on the Capitol Mm -hmm. because white supremacy and patriarchy are very linked Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. There's a lot of sexualizing of that violence. And I didn't think that I was just going to be killed. I thought other things were going to happen to me as well. And at some point Bash said, so you thought you were going to be raped. And AOC says, yeah, yeah, I thought I was. Yeah. Okay, that is part of the segment that aired on CNN. So what is Jesse Lee Peterson saying about that clip? He says, 
first he there's a rumor she wanted hold that thought for a second there's a rumor that aoc wasn't actually in the capital despite saying i was scared for my life and these right-wing sites like she wasn't even at the capital she never said she was in the building with the dome we think of as the capital she Mm -hmm. was in her office which Mm -hmm. is adjacent to the capital Mm -hmm. which is like where all the congress people are and yes, she was, and was there. was also on lockdown, right? Uh, say that again? And that was also on lockdown. During yeah, the, like the they were, there were people in those offices who were scared for legitimate reasons. Yeah. And she so never no, she claimed standing, otherwise. Like, so under the dome next to a right. statue of West Virginia or whatever. So anyway, uh, Jesse Lee Peterson says, it was reported that she wasn't even at the building, but she thought she was going to be raped. Is that wishful thinking or what? Maybe she wishes she was at the building so she could possibly get raped. And then as a caveat, he adds, maybe, I I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. Unquote. That's a thing that was said. His channel's on YouTube. Jesus. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is why we shouldn't let men on television. They have no idea how to conduct themselves with decorum. They're too emotional for this. (laughs) They don't... I was listening to the sentence he said right after all that, and it was, there's a battle between good and evil right now. AOC's on the side of evil. After he so said that thing... So she should be raped? I, he, he didn't say more. He left it to his listeners to fill in the blanks, I felt. What I think is interesting um, about these kinds of accusations, and, and I, 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 this last like month I've not been on social media as much as I normally am, but I was... I I was reading an article that was one of those things that was, like, very, very, very innocuous in in terms of, like, a thing happened and now this thing has happened. And I was skimming through the comments because I'm an asshole. And the person was like, I bet they're just doing it for attention. And it was just like, a school is shutting down or whatever. And I... That is a thing that I can't help but notice time and time again. It's usually women who accuse men of impropriety of whatever kind that people say, oh, she wants to do it for attention. And I'm not saying that there aren't people around there around who would relish in being in the media spotlight as a part of a scandal. But I'm telling you right fucking now, most people don't because it's a goddamn nightmare. It is having people question your motives Say that you wanted to be attacked or whatever. This idea that women are so starved for attention when all we get is attention in public. We can't, I can't fucking walk down this street without getting like a weird leer from a dude. Like, that is the world most women live in. I have plenty of attention. I thank you very much. Again, that's not to say there aren't like people who really thrive on attention in an unhealthy way. But, like, why would she want to be raped? What? what, what, Why? I think Jesse Lee Peterson thinks because... Does he think... He thinks she's... Does he think AOC uh, can't get laid on her own? Because she's wicked hot. uh, And so fucking smart. He played a montage right before he got into that segment that showed, like, the least attractive poses that are screenshots of stuff. Oh, love that. And then it's, like, with little captions that are awful. Uh, So that's what he played before saying maybe she wanted it. Mm. Yeah. Listen. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like... (laughs) There was one time I was at a bar 
when I was on working on like a work travel trip and I was sitting in a bar reading and I was just chatting with the guy next to me and I was telling him all about my husband and that guy asked me to go back to his room with him. Women can generally get laid if that's what they are in the mood for or looking for. Not everybody, of course, not everybody wants to, et cetera, et cetera. AOC can get laid if she needs to, Jesse. And she does not want somebody's unwashed dick painted in a Confederate flag up her. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what? Are you, does he think George Floyd wanted to get murdered for attention? What does he think attention? Oh, attention is almost always bad. Anytime I've gotten a lot of attention for this podcast, it's men telling <laughs> me I'm ugly or stupid, right? Like, I don't want attention. Obviously, I need attention. I do this show. <laughs> but I don't need attention from, like, men who want to hurt me. That's not how that works, Jesse. Earlier this week and a couple weeks ago, he also claimed it was generally a, quote, big mistake to educate women. Same dude. Just FYI. So why are we listening to this guy? What? Hemet. Because his audience is larger than you would think, and YouTube still allows his show to be up there. Uh, It doesn't seem to violate any of their hate speech platform stuff. Oh, God, don't get me fucking started on social media hate speech. Do you know how many times I've gotten... Well, it's only two. It's not that many times. But I've gotten banned for seeing someone like, men are terrible, or this man did a terrible (laughs) thing. And I get banned, and then a guy's like, well, I hope that fucking cunt dies. And Facebook is like, A-OK. Do you want us to censor the you and cunt? Because we really don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) But other than that, I feel great about this. Oh, it's her phone number and address? Yeah, yeah, no notes from us. Go ahead, please. Wait, somebody's being mean to a white lady and calling her Karen? Black! (laughs) Those dumb motherfuckers. God, white people are nightmares. I keep telling you all the time. I'm aware. All right, one last story. I'll it's leave. like, you know how we're talking about how uh, evangelicals are embarrassed of being called evangelicals, so they're <laughs> leaving it? That's how I'm feeling about being a white person. Like, yeah, I was raised white, but, like, I'm not practicing white. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that. That was very funny of me. <laughs> I'm going to write that down before this is published. You go ahead and do that. I'll give you some background <laughs> okay. on uh, your stand-up career is resurrected. Um. In, okay, 2015, we've talked a lot about conversion ter- therapy slash conversion torture. It's usually thought of as like an evangelical conservative Christian thing and maybe like some of these extremist groups. Uh, this story involves a Jewish group, ostensibly Jewish group. And in 2015, uh, there was a group called Jews Offering New Alternatives for Healing, Jonah. And in 2015, a judge in New Jersey said they are guilty of consumer fraud. Because this is not a religious thing. This okay. wasn't being shut down because you're doing something horrible. It. Nice. Uh, it's not that you're in trouble for being religious or acting on your faith. It's that you're lying to people. And what he said is you're selling conversion therapy for more than $10,000, essentially saying we can turn gay people straight. Sure. Um, and what are you doing? You're saying to clients they have a mental disorder that could be cured, mm-hmm. which is defrauding the public. Um, it said Jonah, this group, lied because they said they had a high success rate, but the reality is they never tracked their clients' outcomes. Did they ever give a percentage of their success rate, or did they just say, quote-unquote, high? I, I think they said, quote-unquote, high. Okay. Um, 
But basically, they're lying to people about the very thing they are selling them, which goes beyond, like a judge can rule on that. Like with uh, Jim, it happened to Jim oh, Baker. I see. When Jim Baker's saying Jim this. Jim Baker, is he the Catholic one? No, he's Fuck. also evangelical-ish. Uh, when Jim Baker said, I'm selling this uh, a silver solution and it's going to cure your COVID, or his guest said that and uh-huh. he didn't stop them, uh, they could go after him and say, stop it. You're defrauding people. You have to pay your money back for that. And then some, whatever. They can do that. That has nothing to do with the fact that he's running a ministry or anything like that. Uh-huh. So they, this judge said, you are frauding people. I can shut you down, basically. But here's what happened. They did not shut down. This group called Jonah rebranded oh. as the Jewish Institute for Global Awareness. J-I... Jifka is the way they shortened it. Jifka? Uh, but they... J-I-G... F-G-A. Um, Jewish oh, Institute four. for Global Nobody Awareness. Uses the four. I, yeah. And they continued promoting global uh, conversion therapy, but this time it even got worse. They said they had their clients take their clothes off in front of each other, and I'm quoting here, pummeling effigies of their mothers as part of a program that promised it could eliminate same-sex attraction. Oh, so the way to be a straight man is to hate your mother. Yes. That tracks. And be naked with the other men and punch your voodoo mom or something like that. But anyway, the point is, this group wasn't listening to the court order that said they got to shut down. You can't just start it up again under a new name. That's like you got banned from Twitter, so you open up like a fake account with a mustache on your face. (laughs) You can't do it either. So in 2019, another judge, the same judge who ruled against them earlier, issued another ruling saying you have to shut down again and you got to pay a heavy fine. And in fact, it was a $3.5 million fine uh, that this group has to pay for not listening to him the Uh first time. And here's what happened. The group said... Can we, like, make a deal? Um, and the plaintiffs, the, the people who were suing this Jewish group said, mm-hmm. we'll take this deal on one condition. They don't have to pay $3.5 million. They can pay a lower amount as long as they shut down for real. All right? And okay. the, we didn't know it at the time, but that amount was 400000 Not $3.5 million, 400000 mm-hmm. They violated the agreement again. Um, so... I'm sorry, let me stop there. Erase what I just said. I'm not editing it, it editing it out. Jesus. But I didn't say it. But basically they said, fine, pay four hundred thousand dollars, but you actually gotta shut down. And it turns out now this group appe- uh, appealed the ruling. They wanted to go to a higher authority, saying, like, how dare you come after us for this? And this week, an appellate court in New Jersey said, no, that earlier decision is going to stand. Uh-huh. And we, we have no reason to overturn that earlier decision. So, like, screw you. You're going to pay the whole cost now. Oh, okay. So, basically, the Superior Court is going to uphold that $3.5 million decision wow. because they didn't take the deal. They didn't accept it. Wow. So... They're so out. Some good news? Yeah, that's good. Right, Less money it. for them, more money for whoever gets Their that victims, money. victims, maybe, I guess. I don't know. It, the victims were not even fighting for the money. They were like, well, we can take a less amount, pay our legal costs, whatever, mm. just shut down and stop hurting people. And mm. they were like, no. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. This isn't about the money, but we'll take it. Right, if right. that's what it takes. Right. These people are, how <sighs> horrible do you have to be? To say, like, we're just going to do this thing that has no scientific backing to it well, and just traumatize people. I mean, 
as much as I hate white people, I do hate capitalism just as much, if not more. <laughs> and I think we can find the answer to our question there. There we go. What, I'm what done. was it? Ten grand a pop for somebody to get beat up or beat up a p- pillow with their mom on it? <laughs> I can fucking s- screen print your mom on a pillow. Give me ten dollars and dollars. Now on your Etsy shop. <laughs> exactly, Hammett. Where can we find you? I am at friendlyatheist.com. Go to Patreon.com/slash/FriendlyAtheistPodcast. Uh, there's a Facebook group for a uh, private Facebook group for yep. people who like listening to the show and discussing anything we're talking about. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun, fun, good group of people. Mm-hmm. And in two weeks, we're meeting in person. Uh, Is so it two weeks? Two weeks. It's two weeks, I think. Um, yeah, uh, you can find me online at uh, Jess Blumke on Twitter. Um, also, I finally, as of today, got caught up on my Etsy shop. So if um, you'd want to order something or if I said, oh, yeah, I'll get right back to you, and then I never got back to you, this is probably a good time to <laughs> to hit me up because I've actually caught up for the first time in six months. Um, yeah, come yeah, come out, see us on the 28th. What did we say? 5 p.m., Fat Cat. It's at the corner of, the corner of Lawrence look it and Broadway. Up, look it up, oh, look yeah, it up. Okay, Heaven has to go, I guess. Um, all no, right. I'm just saying it's easier for you if you look it up. Fat oh. Cat Chicago. Fat Cat Chicago. Uh, I think there's only the one in Uptown. Cool. Um... Yeah, and we will hopefully see you all there. See you next week, too. Goodbye.